We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Foxtrot and the Get Down, White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a full house tonight coming live from Chicago, Illinois. We have White Sox, Dave, and Dante coming live from Los Angeles, California. We have motherfucking Kenny Carkeet, and we have an enormous episode this week. We have one of the hottest new names in music today on the motherfucking podcast. We have Teddy Swims in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. Let's yeah, go. very good. I'm not kidding when I say this is the best interview that we've done by far. Shouts out to Dante, first off, for setting this up, getting it done. Uh, guys, I mean, for those of us that were in the room, not Dave, for the interview, I mean, just initial reactions. I mean, the, the guy's a fucking superstar. You couldn't hope for a better conversation with somebody like him. And you couldn't hope for a better human being than somebody like him. And his fucking talent, like, it's just I thoroughly enjoyed it. Can't wait to see what he's got to come. Do you guys remember when we were talking, because we're going to get into this in the interview, we were talking about when he was listening to Al Green for the first time, and he just went into the, ah, and he starts singing, and I was like, oh my God, I have goosebumps. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We got to hear him sing acapella. It was pretty sweet. He's, he's incredible, he's, man. Getting to, like, confirm that someone you hope is a really good person is a really good person is sure. like the best feeling in the world. Yeah. I mean, he came so many so dick bags out there. Oh, yeah. so many, dude. And, and I mean, we were, need them. He we was need. the fucking nicest, like most humble, gracious guy in the world. Best interview. You're right. By well, speak, speaking of, of dick bags, we are going to go into a large conversation about Donda <laughs> today by Kanye West. Dante was on the scene for the third listening party in Chicago. We got to go all the way through that. We have on the list, off list, what the fuck we've been listening to. It's just, this is a packed episode. We also have a big announcement that we're going to make at the very end, so stick around for that. But I think, frankly, we just need to get out of the way and introduce our guest for the week, Mr. Teddy Swims. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! You feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list this week, we have one of the most exciting new voices in music today. He's coming to us live from tour. Please welcome Teddy motherfucking swims in the building. Oh, yeah. What a what an intro. What a guy, man. Thanks. I'm a showman, <laughs> goddammit. All right, Teddy, we always start with a question right away. So you don't know me. You don't know my voice, but I'm going to load this out there right now. Will you switch voices with me, please? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, but it's it's development. I develop mine. I could do the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, that I can that make anything so, work, man. <laughs> that is such a terrible bargain for you, but I am so happy you said that. That's that's a legal contract right there. You guys yeah, heard shit. that, right? <laughs> Dude, we're so happy you could be here today. First off, we already acknowledged it. You're on tour with Zach Brown right now. How's that going? And it's honestly so fulfilling and incredible, bro. Like a year and a half ago before the COVID thing, it, we were playing in three to 700 cap rooms, you know, and now standing in front of like 30,000 a night, it's just, it it's, never it's gets old. Unreal, bro. It's unreal. I mean, dude, you're a Georgia boy. You're with the ultimate Georgia boy. Like, yeah. what have you learned on tour so far, just playing these giant rooms with a pro like Zach? Man, I, I've even got a chance to. So he's been he's been taking me after our set. He's been taking me on his bus, and I'll do some vocal warm-ups with them, and I get to do a song with him at the end of the night, too. And, man, just being around him and, like, watching the way that he, 
I do. He's such an incredible, incredible person, man. And, and their whole family, their whole touring team is, is really beautiful because they've all been doing it together for like 15 years. And there's like 70 of them, right? And they're all just this giant family. And for my team, you know, we all kind of came up doing this together and all stuck together. And um, I think the most reaffirming thing that I've learned from Zach is just by like, you know, knowing that keeping your family and keeping your people and like always staying real and true to your people and your family, like you can win doing it the right way. And it doesn't have to be what you see so much in this industry of people just stepping on each other and climbing a ladder. It's, it's so reaffirming to see his team, the way that they move and the way that they carry themselves and how friendly and just, well, it's honestly amazing, man, because it just shows me and it reaffirms me every day that you can do this the right way. You know, you can do this the right way. Yeah, you may be the perfect person to have on this podcast because everything we talk about is this fight to do things the right way in this industry. Yeah. And I, we've all been through it in one capacity or another, the, the stepping on people, the, the, the lies, the backstabbing, all that stuff. But your story is such a modern story. And when we talk about bringing people on to have unique perspectives, we've had a lot of artists that come from a generation before us, but me and you seem to both be trying to do it in a modern way. And your story starts with YouTube. And we will get to that. We're also going to get to your new single, which, by the way, this drops on Tuesday. But your new single, Simple Things, drops tonight. So congratulations yeah. on that, brother. Man, thank you so much. Bro. I'm honestly so excited about it. I wrote it about a year ago in a writing camp. And uh, I just knew the song was so special. I mean, it really is kind of like the story of my life, right? And uh, um I just knew it was special and uh, I, I tried it a couple of weeks ago and dropped it on TikTok and it just went crazy. And so immediately the label was like, yo, we got to put this out and just put a rush on it. And I was like, I told you guys, I tried to tell like, you know, I mean, not, not that they didn't believe me, but it's, it's just so great to have like, have how, how, how powerful TikTok is, you know, just, and be able to put like, put it in the, in the fans hands and let them decide like, this is, we want this and then giving it to them. It's, it's, dude, it's, it's such a different way of making music and such a different way of like letting the people decide who you are and what you need to put out, you know? And I think it's, we're just in such an incredible place and, and, and music and just art in general or like, I don't know, whatever it is. I mean, we could definitely get, we'll get to the YouTube stuff. Now we're on the single. I'm excited to talk about this because part of your ethos, like what you do is it's genreless you really can do anything and this song specifically when i got i got the early listen i got the drop by the way I, I got the juice like that but to me what amazes me is it could be in any genre this could be a chris stapleton song i mean th this could be a post malone song it could be anything it's written it's a well-written song it doesn't ha have a home somewhere and in 2021 i can't think of anything that's more perfect than that like honestly like going in and writing this song and you you've gone on your journey of doing covers and learning from other people but in going to write music you're not going for a specific genre are you no i mean for me i think i think the i think the beauty of uh of genres themselves are are more so to to uh to give feelings and provide emotions in certain ways right like you know you might listen to like um, I used to make a whole lot when I was coming up, like our first bands ever was, was, was post-hardcore and metalcore bands. Right. And, and there was just like, when, I, when we still write that stuff from time to time, I don't know if I'll ever be able to put that stuff out, but you know, for me, that's like the stuff I can get, I can get anger out there. I can scream. I can, I can yell at somebody. I can, I can bitch about things that I want to change, you know, and, 
or if I'm singing R and B, I can, I can make sex and make love, you know? And if I, if I'm, if I'm doing like, you know, it's just like as a listener, if, if I want to, if I know I'm going to drink tonight and I'm turning up and me and my boys are partying, I'm not going to listen to Adele, right? I'm going to put on like future or like something, something that's like uplifting and upbeat, you know? But if I want to cry, if I feel bad, if I just got my heart broke, then Adele is usually the one to go to. Right. And so I think, I think certain genres and they, they, they provide emotions in a way that some others can't. And um, so for me, as, as, as I'm writing songs, I don't want to, I don't ever want to be bound to one certain emotion or one certain thing. Cause that's just not the human experience. And that's just not how I feel. I, I go through days where I cry. I go through days where I feel great about myself. I go through all of it. And so for me, I don't want anybody to, I don't, it, how am I, how, how are you going to get to know me if I'm always writing the turn up song or something? You know what I mean? Teddy, how did you get into writing to begin with? I mean, your, your story is so unique. Uh, I mean, you're a football guy, right? Typical Georgia football. But I always, I always was, I was always a writer. You know, that was like most, my most important thing when I was, even as a kid, I was always writing stories and, you know, like even, even in elementary school, I was always winning like our author of the year and doing great on my writing test. And always like loved, loved writing. Writing is like the most important thing, whether it was journaling, whether it was writing poems before I was even doing music. I think writing is the, is the thing that like, as humans, like that's, I think this is the most healthy thing that we all should be doing. Anytime anything's ever going on in somebody's life, I always ask, are you writing? Are you writing? Are you writing? You should be journaling. You should be stream of consciousness. You should be writing poems. You should, writing is the only way that you can, you know, you ever, you ever been in like a conversation with somebody and you feel like somebody's going through something and you could give them the best fucking advice in the world. And you just feel like, man, I give the greatest advice, but then you could go through the same shit. You're like clueless on what to do, you know? And it's like, well, that writing is the way that you can, you can take your own advice. You can read it. You can hear it back to you. You know, you can hear it said back to you and, and really dissect your emotions. And so for me, writing was always, um, always the most important thing in the world. And I, so I've always been, even since I got out of high school, I was in bands and writing songs. I, I genuinely never thought that I was going to be the YouTube cover guy at all, but <laughs> here we are. Dude, and, and as a songwriter, right, we had this conversation on the podcast like two weeks ago because me and Kenny are both songwriters. And I said, as you can see here, I've been journaling a lot recently. That's how I've been channeling and how I've been writing. Kenny, do you remember what your quote was to me? Yeah, I don't remember anything. What did I, I say? I believe what you said was, I'm not a fucking loser, so I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. Blowing me up. No, but I, I totally agree that journaling, and it, it helps me write. It helps me figure out what it is that I'm feeling in, in a way to channel that into song. And I mean, is that the biggest piece of advice that you can give to songwriters is, is to journal and keep a track of your thoughts? I, mean, I would, I would say to give just to anybody in the world, man, my iPhone notes have the weirdest shit in it. Dude, I'll sometimes, <laughs> Damn. I'll just be writing the dumbest thing. Sometimes <laughs> it'll just, I literally have a, I, I literally have a, a note I found in my phone from a couple of days ago. That's just, it, it, this note literally says this. I wrote it like a, a year ago and I found it in my notes and it says telekinetic hawk. A cock with telekinesis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all it says. Same, <laughs> I found same. It, I was just laughing, like, what were you thinking? But I'll write anything that comes to me, like, thinking whether it's a good idea or bad idea. I write everything down. Every yeah, fucking every stupid part. idea. The last thing I wrote down, I found this the other day. And so I sauced the pasta with the blood of the conquered. That's it. That was the whole fucking <laughs> thing. I was like, shit, that's something, man. Well, I, I got a note right here that says, 
write a song about birds. I don't know why. Just write a song about birds. That was what <laughs> I wrote down that day. I have no idea why. This is the songwriting process, ladies We're and so gentlemen. We're so fucking creative, man. Oh, my God. These yeah, are- man. That would, that's the advice I give to any fucking body on the planet. Just write, man. Write. It's so good for you. Man, and it's funny because you, you went through that whole beautiful layout of your creative process and all i can take from this conversation so far is i want to hear the teddy swims metalcore band like that's what i want to hear but i I, like what did you grow up on coming from georgia there's so much music that comes through there like what was the early influences for you um for me so i i I grew up my my granddad was a pentecostal pastor on my mom's side but i grew up with a lot of country music from that side and a lot of southern gospel stuff from that side and uh, my dad he was like you know not quite uh, into that belief and my, my parents were divorced when I was young so I'd always go over there on the weekends and really like he kind of put me on all sorts of stuff and uh, I, I say that man uh, so I was in fourth grade I was living with my dad for um, a few months at the time and uh, I started going to a new school with my cousin Cole and um, I was in this I was in this class with this teacher named Miss Barry and Miss Barry used to be a sergeant in the army um, she was like quite quite a mean lady but uh, I, I will honestly she changed my life forever so I, I was it was the first day I was in that class she she made a promise to all these kids hey if everybody just comes in after recess shuts up does their work you know nobody talks we'll listen to the greatest hits of Al Green and so I I we're in fourth grade you know and so I'm asking like my cousin because everybody's like so excited to listen to Al Green like I mean we couldn't have been nine or ten years old eight years old or something everybody's so excited to listen to Al Green they get in the room and they just shut the hell up everybody's not doing anything saying nothing and so I'm asking my cousin like yo who is Al Green like he must be really something if all these kids are and she turns the CD on and I heard for the first time, I'm so tired of being alone. And I just like, I mean, dude, I dropped my pencil. I was just like, I had never heard like so music like ever in my life, you know? And so I went home to my dad and was just like, in better words, like, who the fuck is Al Green? <laughs> oh my God. Yo, this shit is nuts. And I mean, from there, he was always playing like boys to men and, you know, fucking Keith Sweat was huge to my dad too. Nice. And, you know, and I started diving into Marvin Gaye and man Stevie Wonder, the greatest of all time. And you know, just uh, my dad loved Michael Jackson too. And so I think a lot of my uh, a lot of my my core, you know, came from from my dad because we would always be able to listen to Two Live Crew and the Beastie Boys. When I got to my dad's house, we could do whatever the hell we wanted. You know, yeah. he had us for a weekend. So we was eating three ice creams, watching American Pie, whatever the hell we wanted to do. You know you're, I mean? you're at your mom's house listening to Charlie Pride and you go to your dad's house and it's, hey, we, we want, want some food. Yeah, straight, exactly what it was. Yeah, man. He let us sing the words too and be like, hey, just don't, do not repeat this shit to your mom. <laughs> Dude, my dad did that with me. My dad, because my I have the exact same traditional sense where my dad put me onto my music and I have a very vivid memory of being in the car with my dad and he put on the Prince's greatest hits and he turned to me like real quiet. He turned down and went, don't tell your mom I showed you this. And he turns on sexy motherfucker and it changed my life. No lie, dude. Changed my fucking life. And and I, I, I just love hearing those origin stories because Obviously, you love music. It's not about what type of music it is. You love music. And that comes out in your music. It's the, it's the most incredible thing. And I love the voice, man. <clears throat> I think I think for me, the voice is like, for everybody, I think the voice is the most important 
important, incredible instrument in the world. And that's why so, so much I, I pride myself on, on, on different genres because I, to me, like, I'm just such a fan of the instrument of this. Cause I think it's the only personal instrument in the world. that's like yours and only yours. It's like a fingerprint. You're the only person that has your voice. And so for me, every time I hear something new, um, that, that someone's doing with their voice, whether it's opera or like some Middle Eastern, like hum singing or something like that. I just, it drives me insane to know that somebody can do something with their voice that I'm not capable of. So I, I, I will just go and, and study and study and study until I, I think it's like mine to develop. You know, I have to, I have to sing everything as good as anybody can sing it. I have to, I have to be the best. Whose voice really impresses you? Oh man, I will say uh, there's a few of those guys, but uh, I would definitely say probably Jesse J or uh, I think Alan Stone is so incredible too. Of course, Marvin Gaye is like, I think one of the prettiest voice that ever has ever been heard. And, uh, but as far as like a dynamic, like technical stance, I really, I would either say Jesse J or Leslie Odom Jr. uh, is out of this world dynamically. I think he's so incredible. Good answer. Stand up. Thank you very much. <laughs> I knew, I knew Colin would like that one. I would love that one. I'm Philadelphia born and raised, baby. Shout, shout out Leslie Odom. On that note though, and I mean, going back to your early days and kind of finding who you were, when did you realize your own voice? Like, when did you realize that you had that gift? Man, uh, still am. I think, I, you know, I think it's a, it's a constant developing. Like when I, I always tell people this because they, they always ask like, yo man, when did you discover you could, you could sing, you know? And it was like, I mean, it was definitely nowhere near just a discovery. It wasn't, I mean, as, as much as I will believe that a gift, like a voice is a gift, but I think we all been blessed with that gift. I don't want to say like, it's not a gift, but it definitely took so much work. And when me and my buddy, Jesse, that plays guitar for me, we first started singing, people would be like, yo, shut up. Don't quit your day job. Like, that's <laughs> not good. That's not good. You know, but, and, and so I tell people all the time when I talk to people about, when uh, I'm like, you can sing too. And they're like, no, I can't sing. I can't sing. And I'm always like, well, look, if you, if, if you think you can't sing, then that means you at least know when you're hitting it and when you're not hitting it. So that means you can develop that to be able to do it. Because I've met some people that are like, oh, I can sing. And you know, they fucking can't. And I think there's no help in those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you think you can't sing, then you're already, you're already there. You already know you're not hitting it. So all you got to do is just figure out how to sometimes bad is good you know i mean kenny kenny your story is interesting too because you're someone who produced for a long time and then just recently picked up putting your voice on records like yeah um, what happened with me i've always been a producer making other people's music forever and then the quarantine happened and i was on my own and i've never had anything to say and so i was like fuck it i've taught many people to sing and I've produced thousands of singers. Let me see what I can figure out. And so I wrote over a hundred songs to figure out what works, what doesn't work. And then finally landed on what I feel is true and genuine for myself. But I mean, that's just goes to what you're saying of like, it's yeah, it's a gift, but like you don't wake up one day and you're like, Oh fuck, I can sing. This is tight. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's a lot of fucking work. It's singing in the shower and singing in the car and singing fucking everywhere. You know, whether you think you're practicing or not, it's, it's important. That's how you get. And I think, I think that's the, the, the beauty of being able to sing is that it's the instrument you can practice everywhere at any moment of the day. You can practice it. And and as a producer, it's funny, written thousands of songs. And the only through line is leave room for the vocal. 
You got to get out of the way of the vocal. It's like what you were saying, how important it is. It's like, I'm always like, you're stepping on the vocal. This, you know, got to leave room for it. So it's so important. You're right. I spend so much time in my own music trying to mask my vocal and trying to put shit over top of it. But when you're Teddy, get the fuck out of the way. No, man, I'm I'm right there with you though, too, dude. I do the same thing where I, I, I like, if, if it was me producing it, I, yeah, I end up trying to do way too much to get in the way of it. Cause I mean, I think to some degree we all fucking can't stand the way we sound. Right. Yeah. 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 You're like, that's what my voice sounds like. That yeah. Sounds- to some degree. On a voicemail. Like, even, even when I think, even when I go back and like, listen to like, you know, a pie, like if I listen to this podcast, we just did together. I'll hear my voice and be like, God, you're fucking redneck. <laughs> but I don't feel like I don't feel like I have that bad of southern accent at all, you know. And then I hear it, and I'm like, I'll just sound like this. And I'm like, God, you idiot, bro. You take sound the, uneducated as fuck. Take the dip out of your mouth, dude. Come on, what are we doing? Here? <laughs> listen to me. And listen South to me. I'm got like something to say. And I'm over here like, yeah, dude, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Where's your accent coming from, bro? You know what I mean? All right, so hold on. Let's get back on track for a second here because we have to go back to the YouTube thing because I'm going to quote a number here, and I'm probably millions off at this point, but you did an article with Rolling Stone earlier this year, and the number you were at at that point was 200 million views on YouTube. Do you know where you're at now? Oh, uh we're almost, I think we're about to reach 2 million subscribers, which is, Jesus. which is really crazy, man. Uh, honestly, fucking mind blowing, man. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's fucking crazy. And I mean, like going back to the beginning of this journey, do you remember the first cover that you put up? Yeah, we, uh, we started uh, Teddy Swims on June 25th, 2019. It was uh, 10 years from Michael Jackson's death and we put up Rock With You. for, for- Bro, I've, I've seen it and it is... Your your personality and your kind soul come out in that video, and uh, I think yes. that that on top of your absolutely stellar voice, it just makes for a perfect. I watched the whole thing start to finish, couldn't change it. Watched it again. It's very That's good. Amazing, man. Thank you, Eddie. Were you ner- the- were you nervous before you released that? Um, no, because I think I think with that, I was actually you know. I just, I just wanted to, because we were, we weren't even really planning to do covers. Like we just, we just wanted to do something for Michael, you know, cause it was 10 years since he had passed and it just went, I don't know. It just went nuts on, on Facebook first. And then, uh, I mean, cause I remember like the second day we woke up and we were like, yo, it's got 10,000 fucking views. We're getting drunk as shit. Tonight. <laughs> like, we was like 10,000 views. Whoa. Like we were so freaked out about it, you know? And then the next day it's like 150,000 more came in. And then, so we're just like, all right, let's keep doing these covers. And we just kept going and going and going. And it was just like nuts, man. It just kept climbing. So we started doing one every week. And uh, and before you know it, what's even crazier is because I before we even did the covers, I had told all my buddies um, at the time, I had just lost my house and um, my roommates had moved out. I was like, my job I was working at it closed down I really just had lost like every fucking thing and I I moved back into a mattress uh on a on a concrete floor in my dad's house right and I, I was just like sleeping on it and uh, my buddy Lee who was producing these at the time he's lived like a couple minutes down the road so I used to walk over there and just write with him and work with him and um all my buddies my band Elephants who is now still my backing band now and I had told them, I was like, man, well, look, if you can film, because we had a buddy, Joel and Aaron, who used to film like some of our shows. And I just like, I had told them forever, like, man, if you can film and you can design and like you can record and we can play, 
I think like we won't really need anybody else to do shit for it. So I, I had made a promise to like all my buddies um, to give me six months, right? Just as it's, I don't have a job currently. So just give me six months. Um, you guys like, you guys just whatever you can after work, you know, like they'll get off work at five or six o'clock. We'll be up till two, three a.m. and whatever it takes to like get this shit done. And um, six months, I, I, I asked them. Uh, so we did the first cover June twenty fifth and uh, December twenty fourth of two thousand nineteen. A day less than six months, I signed a fucking Warner Records and put all my best friends on salary. Dude, oh, fucking yeah, dude! Oh, that Holy is shit. a fucking awesome story. That is awesome. Yeah, bro. just off of just off of a promise that I was I I didn't know how to keep, but I wasn't gonna lie to him. That was the damn show, and it fucking just did you feel, insane, you know? did you feel like that was what put you over the top, like having your back against the wall and really like? Oh yeah, man, yeah. I I, I only 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 work if my fucking ass is on the line. But that's why I think I think every day I fucking do everything I can to keep my ass on the fucking line all the time because that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna shine only when my ass is on the line. If my back's against the wall, man, I, I do everything <laughs> it's probably bad advice, but do everything you can to keep your fucking back against the wall. That's great. <laughs> when things man. are going good, start gambling. When yeah. things are going good, do something terrible. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I just wanna say, like, and this is such a personal thing to me right now. Because we talk about this all the time on the podcast. I mean, with, with musicians in the past year and a half at this point now, everybody's back is against the wall because we're all trying to figure out how yeah. to deal with the COVID landscape. My back is against the wall right now. And that's how that story hit me like a ton of bricks because I feel that, dude, and it comes out in the music. So I just want to let you know, that shit fucking means a lot to the musicians in the world. And that's why this kind of stuff is important for people to hear. Yeah, I think it, I think it is, man. I think I think there's there's space for what's beautiful about the music industry now too, or whatever industry. There's there's room for all of us, you know. There's there's just like the way you guys get different guests because there's going to be people that I can touch sometime in my life that you might not ever get the opportunity to, or people you can touch that I'll never get the opportunity to. And I mean, there's just room for everybody here, you know. There's just I think I think if there was a world where I say this all the time, I think if there was a world where everybody just pursued what they loved and did what they wanted to do, because there's kids that want to be cops, there's kids that want to be, you know, EMTs, there's kids that want to be doctors and lawyers, and I think I think the only jobs that we have, like, I mean, imagine imagine the guy working in the factory to create plastic, and then imagine that job being necessary. And then also needing a trash man to come collect all that trash and a landfill being made and people working at those landfills. None of those guys are doing what they love, but all these jobs are now necessary. But they, I don't think they would be if we all were just like doing what we fucking loved and we're taking care of ourselves on this planet, right? Right? Why would we, why would we need this job that creates this shit for somebody else to pick up the slack for this shit to create, you know, and it's like, I just, I don't know. I just don't feel like there's a, I feel like there's a world where everybody could just do what they love and, and pursue that. And I think we'll all benefit from that. And, and I mean, I know we're probably nowhere near ever being able to do that because we fucked a lot. We fucked up a lot in this world, but still. Hey, but th there's four gentlemen sitting right here that are all doing that. So yeah. maybe this is some sort of example. I don't know. Like maybe that could be the situation that we're leaning towards. But I, I mean, to get off of the YouTube conversation, I, I did have one question because I know Shania Twain reached out to you after you did. Uh, you're still the one. What the fuck was that like? <laughs> and, uh, man, I, I, 
But it was so fucking life changing, man. I mean, it was although it was just like a little tweet, you know. But still, but Matt, it was it was honestly, it's fucking yeah, it was life changing, right? She's my hero, and she's still fine as hell too. Yes, man. Fucking, dude. She's so beautiful, man. She's such an incredible artist and person. And I just uh, I can't wait to the day I get to meet her too, man. I I, I hope I, you know speaking it into existence. But has anybody else reached out? Because I know you did the weekend. I know you've done a lot of covers. Has anybody reached out and been like, you did it better than me? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I have. No, I have. Unfortunately, haven't gotten that. But uh, um. I have had like a couple, you know, people like uh, I, I did. I did a I did a cover of Alan Stone's Naturally, and um, well, we had we had met like a couple times prior, like years ago, when I'd go to his shows because I've seen him probably like eight times in concert. He's like my favorite person ever, and um, I was able to go uh, in February uh, to do his like Valentine's Day special with him and spend like a week with him. And uh, man, he's he's not only my hero, but somebody I get to call like my best friend now too, and he's just most incredible vocalist and writer in the world. What a voice, dude. That's dope. Man. Oh, and also, I will say India Ari, too, man. She reached out what? when I did a, a cover of her um, beautiful surprise, and she's my fucking hero, man. I think India Ari is... That Voyage to India album is top five for me. I, she's so fucking incredible. Unreal, dude. Such a fucking great artist. And I, Teddy, I mean, we're, we're going to let you go. You have tour. You have a lot to do. I need a couple things from you. You got to promise to come back on. Oh, anytime, man. You ain't got to kick me out either, bro. I ain't got shit going on right now. You you kick me out when you're done with me, bro. <laughs> All right, so we got that. You did promise to give me your voice, so you need to get your people in contact with my people, and we're going to we're gonna facilitate that. And I'll be there next week too, man, so we'll hang out for sure. We need to have you be the inaugural guest on the co-write. We need I to set that up. I would love that, man. That would be a privilege. Dude, uh, everybody, please go check out Teddy Swim's new single. Teddy, where else are you guys heading on tour? Um, we got uh, Indianapolis, I think, next. We leave tonight to head to Indianapolis and then uh, forget whatever is next. And then we end in Cincinnati, Ohio. I think you're in Chicago this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Indianapolis, Chicago, and yeah. then Cincinnati. There happens to be one of us sitting here who is a Chicago boy. We got a Dante down here. He's in the building. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, you guys are at Tinley. You're going to burn it down. I talked to uh, Zach's guy. Actually, before us, so I'm gonna try to come through on Saturday and see you guys. Well, you man, let me know. I'll get you on, or you and whoever, man. And I, I, right now, what sucks though is that there's like some stupid proto, like COVID protocols. Yeah. And so even even my mom uh, came out to see us at Fenway, and I wasn't even allowed to get her back wow. into the room. Yeah, it's yeah, it's tough, but the price. But if you wanted to, to come shows. to the show, man, you definitely I, I'll, I'll get you on the guest list. You and whoever you want. I love play, it, man. But. Thank I just you. don't know if I'd be able to see you. Thank you. You just dude. accidentally dropped the name of the podcast, too. That was a great little fucking plug there. You're going to get him on the guest list, baby. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about, dude. <laughs> Teddy, we're going to get in touch with you. We're going to set the co right up. You're going to be back on the podcast. You're part of the family now, and we cannot thank you enough, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that was our new friend, Teddy Swims. Go stream his new single. It's doing amazing on Spotify. He just came off tour with Zach Brown. Look out for new tour dates. Teddy is the fucking man. Gentlemen, anything else to add to the Teddy Swims interview? I mean, I, I just the advice that he gives, the story that he comes from, the fact that December 2019 or whatever, he puts out his first YouTube One video in day. less than two. Dude. That's insane. I mean, what he's done in less than two years is absolutely insane. And that's some good human shit and some good fucking talent shit.
Yep. And I mean, talent meets good person is very hard to find in the music industry, and he happens to have captured it. So shouts out to Teddy Swims. Hopefully we get that video series done soon. I would love to get in the studio with that motherfucker. Yep. He is the man. Uh, let's we we got to do it quick because he's not going to be yeah, available. He's not going yeah. yeah. to be available for long. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have get to, him while he likes us a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna have we're gonna have to set this up and get a fucking date on the book, and I'm gonna have to find a way to buy some plane tickets, and we'll make this shit work. But uh, so let, let's let's take a minute real quick because we're gonna get into music news, which there really is only one thing, but we have to take a moment to talk about the passing of Charlie Watts. So Charlie Watts is a member of the greatest band of all time, the Rolling Stones. He's the drummer. He's the heartbeat of the band, and. It's, it's very odd for me to watch because these things happen. These bands are getting on in years. The Rolling Stones have been around for almost 60 years at this point. I never thought Charlie would be the first to go necessarily. That's what I was. That's what I've been saying. Everybody's like, how is he the first to go? Are you I, fucking kidding me? I, I don't know, man. I <laughs> saw them at Soldier a couple of years ago and I thought he was already dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks like the Tales from the Crypt guy. Yes. Dude, he, was, I got- he was up there. Like literally just staring off into the abyss. I mean, yeah, pretty, yeah. the guy's probably, probably what fifty thousand shows in his career. Easy, at least, yeah. Easy. I he mean, probably doesn't yeah, even I mean, have eardrums or anything at this point. Yeah, I don't no. blame him. He, but he was the most robotic person I've seen in a long time. I was just like, I couldn't tell if it was the drugs, the if he was deaf, if he was like <laughs> senile, if yeah. it was a combination of it all. But I was not surprised by the news. I was sad, I, but I was not surprised. Dante, what'd you drop on that ticket? It's uh, actually they they weren't that bad, but I they have been like a bucket list band for me for everybody's ever. bucket list every, band. Yeah, no, no, but dude, everyone has seen the Rolling Stones. They are like the one yeah. band every time they've come through, I've been gone and haven't been able to see them for some reason. So I, I went. Them. I went. I, can, a couple I know exactly what show you're talking about. I was sitting at home. I was too poor to buy a ticket for it, <laughs> and and um. Uh, Mick Jagger tweeted out a picture of him just chilling in Lincoln Park. He was on the bridge, like looking over the overpass on the Lakeshore Drive. And I was like, dude, he's like two miles from me right now. I'm going to go and like hunt him down. <laughs> and I, I was like, to this day, I there's been a few different concerts I or bands that it, like I, I'm never going to have a chance to see them again. And I'm, I just wish I would have dropped like the 200 bucks or whatever it would have been to go see them because who cares about 200 bucks in the long run? I never got I never got the chance to see him and they it's gonna crush me for the rest. So I'm not the only all right. I thought I was like the only person on the planet that I haven't seen them. No, never they are the they are the band that I grew up with. My dad is a diehard Stones guy. My dad we did not have Beatles records in the house. My dad said the Beatles were for I'm a Stones over Beatles fucking guy. I gotta I gotta drop this pretty hard. I got to open for the Stones in 2013 at Heinz Field just AWOL Nation and the Rolling Stones wait 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 wait. yeah true story true story so it was six shows and they so we were told handpicked each one one band to open for each of the six shows it was like us yeah they were doing Young the Giant Walk the Moon whatever the fuck 2013 Heinz Field got to play got to open for them got to meet them and like as you were saying about Charlie, like he looked like a lost grandpa, you know, in a yeah, nursing home, yeah, like not really exactly. sure what's happening. Keith's fucking eyelids were hanging down to his fucking lips. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they all looked pretty trash, but I, I'm a touring musician and I've never watched a band play from start to finish, let alone a two and a half hour set. I couldn't take my eyes off this fucking band. They shredded so 
hard for two and a half hours. Murdered it. I was blown the fuck away. I will say I've opened for some pretty cool bands. I got I got <laughs> to be right on before the Killers. I got to be right. I got to open for Bon Jovi at a stadium. I will never compare it to the Rolling Stones. It's the coolest band you can ever fucking open for. I mean, they're Mount Rushmore. They, we, they we are talk one about of one bands of that transcend taste. They're one of them. And that's like, so badass. I would say them, the Beatles, Led it's Zeppelin so, are like the three bands everybody's heard of. Charlie on the far right. Yeah. Dude, and he's wearing like an Argyle sweater vest. Dude, that, is, like, that is but, so badass. Look, man, I want to say this because this is the music nerd of me coming out. I tweeted this when it happened. I truly believe this. Charlie was not the most technical drummer of all time. He was not the most gifted drummer of all time. <laughs> Tasty. The tastiest drummer of all time. He did exactly what needed to be done in the tracks. The Stones are not a show band. They're a fucking, they're, they're a band band. They're not like one person sticks out. He's not John Bonham. He was Charlie Watts and he was exactly what the Rolling Stones needed. And rest in peace to an absolute fucking legend. Dave, you want to get something off real quick? Yeah, I guess so. I got a comment and a question on that. Um, the comment is when I saw you tweet that, I laughed out loud because it was like, oh, yeah, the guy's dead now, but he kind of stunk it <laughs> playing it or drums. And I was like, Ish, geez, like, if no, that's an account, thing. it's a music. I understand, thing. but you put yourself in like my shoes. You're like, God damn, dude, this who cares how good he played the drums or bad he played the drums? He's fucking dead now. Like, but I thought that was funny. It reminded me of when Portnoy's dad, uh, uh, attorney. <laughs> at law or whatever you call it, Esquire Pornoy. He tweeted out after Stuart Scott died. He's like, I never liked him anyways. Or whatever he said. <laughs> he just got absolutely fucking roasted for it. But my comment or my question is this. Uh, tell, so you said that he's the most tasteful drummer yeah. ever. One of them. What's the difference? Like, uh, So proficient you, drum. I feel so like you're talking about good or either. No, with drumming specifically, with anything percussion-wise, there's people that can stand out in the band. You can have guys like Travis Barker that will fucking play triplets and play everything under the sun. Charlie Watts was never going to be the most technical guy. What he was was the perfect complement to what the rest of the band he held it down. He held it down. He, did. He, he held okay. it down. There's okay. like they call there's a thing called drummer syndrome. Yes. And it's when they stand up to play and try to get the crowd clapping. And you're like, bro, just fucking play the drums, right? And like the best drummers just hold it down. Hold it hold down, it baby. The fuck That's down. it. Can you name the drummer from fucking ACDC? No. Nope. Phil, Phil oh, Rudd. No. Uh, Phil Rudd okay. uh, is the name yeah. of the drummer. He did what he was supposed to do. Now, John Bonham is an anomaly in this to where John Bonham also held it the fuck down, but he's also God. He, he was, was different. He was Joe Flacco. Exactly. <laughs> yes, he's Joe Flacco. Well, and then you get the Neil Peart's who yes. wrote all the lyrics, right? Like there's many different levels of it. But what I'm saying so, is, in the in the context of a band like the Rolling Stones, they are not a they're not a flashy band. They're a blues band at heart. They're a blues country band at heart. That's what they are. You don't want somebody back there doing fucking Tom fills and shit like that. They're a blues country band from the UK. How does that ever Do, work to begin with? <laughs> I don't know, dude. So did you guys? Did you guys know the like origin story on them? How they all met? Actually, no, no. I don't. It's fucking crazy. Like. So it's it's funny because I just did a blog on the McCartney documentary last week. Oh, yeah. And one of the coolest parts of that was how, how he was talking to Rick Rubin about how a lot of their early, early songs were basically like country Western songs yep. disguised as pop songs. Um, the riffs, the some of the hooks, all the guitar was basically all country Western, but no one fucking outside Texas and, you yep. know, Alabama knew what the hell that was. So it, anyways, that was really cool. And then you guys 
comparing the stones to that ties into it, but the stones all were like mathematical geniuses and they met it. Dude, they met at the uh, London school of economics. <laughs> Mick Jagger, to college. <laughs> dude, Mick Jagger was like brilliant. I mean, he still is brilliant. Yeah. And he, he, the idea for the band was a marketing idea. And he said, if, you know, if we learn how to play music, we can, we don't even have to be good. I just know I can market oh the God. fuck out of us with a sick name, sick logo. And check, you check. Know, basically algorithm back on that. Like who before him, who before the Rolling Stones had a logo even. I can't think of anybody. So they, oh, so the, the craziest thing for me, I heard this all on uh, Mike Rose podcast, by the way. Mm, he's he, great. Is, yeah. He, Shout out Mike awesome. Rose, dude. Dirty jobs. So, so Keith Richards was in the fucking London School of Economics. Like, think about that for a little bit. I, that's too much for but me. It's like crazy. going to MIT or, you know, oh, Harvard. Oh, yeah. Or, it's like one of the yeah. best schools, one of the best schools in the world. Right. Now, to wrap that conversation up, I think this once again comes back to because all of their influence comes from black American music. I was going to say, you're welcome, UK, for you all know, the great it, American it, music. Hey, I we, always said that out loud. I'm like, you know, the... And it's it's always kind of I don't want to say a point of contention, more just ball busting. I got a I got a buddy from the UK, um, and I'm like, you guys just whooped our ass in music for a long time, and I I don't want to talk about him now because we're going to talk about him later for um, green room picks or whatever. But um, like they beat the shit out of the Americans for a long time in music with the British invasion and everything, and now that I think about it, fuck them. Yeah, they their yeah. roots were in American music. Oh, dude, already. If there's yes. anything America has given the world, it's fucking rock and roll, baby. But you need to be more specific. It's black American music. She oh, totally soul, soul music. You know what First I mean? First of all, American music is black music. That's that, that it's a fact. It's a fucking fact. Yeah, it I all agree. comes from blues. So that is truly what sparked the British invasion because they all love the muddy, muddy waters this, of the world. Yeah, this yeah. should hold on. This should be its own episode because we could go down so many, so many rabbit, rabbit holes, holes with bro. this. So many rabbit holes. But yeah, no, Delta this should blue. be a topic. Yeah, and we will get into that. But I will say, I love the fucking Rolling Stones. We can wrap that conversation and we can move on. But shout out to Charlie Watts. Rest in peace, my man. A fucking true legend. R.I.P. So let's get into music news. There's only one piece of music news this week. There really is only one that we can talk about. dun 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 da Wake up, Mr. West. We finally got fucking Donda. Thank God almighty. It finally happened. And in the most Kanye way possible, it came yeah. at a random Sunday morning. I texted you guys in the group. I woke up late because I was up really late the night before. And I was like, holy shit, Donda dropped. And Dante was like, yeah, like two hours ago, dude. I was like, <laughs> fuck you, dog. But okay, so let's get into this. So here sitting here, we have a couple different Kanye stands. We have a traditionally, I don't know whether he is right now, a Kanye hater. And then Kenny. Um, we'll get through that. But I, I want to start by saying this. We need to go back to last week on Thursday. We actually had a member of the podcast in attendance for the Chicago listening party. Dante, set the scene. What was it like? What was your experience? What did you go through that night? Dude, I blogged about this. It felt I intentionally like, didn't read it, by the way. You should, <laughs> all right. Well, you, you should have because it felt like I was at a like a cult, like yep, like yes, reunion, not reunion, but like a cult. <laughs> a cult reunion. It was like the Manson family, dude. It was it was like David Koresh, Jim Jones, 
and 38,000 of their followers in one place. It was so fucking weird. Um, I mean, you saw like the tweets. I mean, the lines for the merch. Like that's what Soldier Field is like on Sundays just to get in for a Bears game. But people were already in. They were just in line for the merch stands. Yep. 20,000 people in line to to buy like $90 t-shirts. It was bonkers. There is no other artist on earth that could do that. Absolutely not. There is no other artist on earth that could do that. Dude, I thought I saw craziness at like Lady Gaga shows because her fans are like psychotic and so loyal. But I mean, his are just, he has them so conditioned and brainwashed. Yeah, Lady Gaga's not crazy enough to yes, exactly. <laughs> get those types She's of She actually people. seems pretty normal when you boil her down. <laughs> right. Now, exactly. let, let me ask you this, Dante. Did you make eye contact with Marilyn Manson at any point? <laughs> I don't know if I would be here if I did, but uh, <laughs> it was so weird because everyone there was trying to guess who was up there because yep. you couldn't tell. So it, it's almost like being at a sporting event and... You know, it's almost better watching it at home because you can't yep. get right fuck, yeah. if you don't have really good Wi-Fi in the stadium. You you don't know what the fuck's going on. Like if someone got injured or whatever. Now, so I, everyone's like, "That's Travis Scott. That's Travis Scott. That's Travis Scott." And they're was, all wearing masks, so you're like, "I don't fucking yeah, know." But yo, not, so I, it was. Not I was live tweeting it from the podcast account, right? So I'm watching this, and there's something I want to bring up before we get into the album. Kanye's petty level is to a different degree, right? Oh yeah. So there's a reason why each of those people was on the stage. So Marilyn Manson was there. I I do think Kanye has this thing where he's like, give me your broken and your sick and I will heal them. Like kind of like the American complex, the God complex a little bit. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So he's like, give me your most canceled and I will bring them back to life. Whatever. Right. So, First off, I just want to say this, and this is one of my grace of the album. Save me that shit. I don't care about any of that. Fuck Marilyn Manson. He's a dirtbag. baby is a thing where it's like he said something stupid. Marilyn Manson has done fucked up shit, like physically done fucked up shit to women. I'm not down with that. So I, I will leave that there. But what I will say is the reason I think that Marilyn Manson was on the stage that night was because Lil Uzi Vert, who is Marilyn Manson's biggest fan, had tweeted something at Kanye early in the week calling him a fake preacher. So I think he said, all right, Uzi, fuck you. I will bring your your God on stage with me. That girl who was up on stage that everybody thought was Rihanna was a dance hall artist named Shensia, who there was a rumor that earlier in the year, Drake had impregnated. So okay. he brought Shensia oh, on stage as a, as a dig at Drake. Like a fuck you. Like a fuck you. There is no level... That Kanye will not go to, God stuff and all, to be petty. And I truly believe that is why you saw those artists on stage. But don't make a me like them, Kenny. More. What do you always say? Don't, don't make, make me, me like, like them. <laughs> Fuck. Now I kind of like the guy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. Like he's like, oh yeah, watch this every time. And you're like, and it doesn't matter how canceled somebody is. I truly believe. He never should have done a third listening party. The second listening party was the most triumphant. It was the redemption arc for Kanye. He levitated out of the fucking stadium. Everybody was just exuberant with how much they loved. Yeah, but you know how much money he made by throwing a third one on there? 100%. But what he did was fuck with his audience. And it pissed me off because I was texting Dante during this and I was tweeting about it all the entire time. He showed new verses that he had put on this record. He had taken Cuddy off. He had taken Pusha T off. He had taken all these motherfuckers off. And I was like, fuck this shit. Fuck you, dude. Don't fuck with my emotions. But it made me want to listen to the album to make sure that I wasn't getting fucked with. 
So I will say I hated the third listening party. I wasn't a fan. He lit himself on fire. We can't ignore that. Like that fucking. Is it actually happened. him? Apparently it was him. And the also Kim Kardashian- awesome. Yes. Yeah, so Dante. What want, was it? Like? Yeah, he wanted to. You never did that at an AWOL house. concert, did you? He wanted to like the house. I like I, someone I know in the city told me before going in, they were like, "He's gonna light the house on fire." Like he tried to clear it with the fire department and city crazy. and soldier field and everyone said no. And everyone was like, he's going to do it anyways. Do it anyway. do it anyway. <laughs> so they were like, he's going to get arrested. It's going to be crazy. But then he just ended up lighting himself on fire. Um, Can we take a minute to see how cavalier you just said? And then he wound up lighting himself on fire. Like, that's, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. But, but I will say the, the main thing that I get out of this is I keep comparing the two people that are arguing right now. Right. I keep comparing Drake and Kanye in the perspective of the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. Kanye is the Stones. He's fucked up. He's all over the place. You have no idea what he's doing half the time. He might not be on drugs, but there's this loose cannon element to Kanye. But he makes this art that you're like, how the fuck did he produce this out of this manic state? As opposed to where Drake is the Beatles. He's Apple. He's Disney. He is spotless. He's he, he's very like fucking pop. He's very polished, but there's just not that intrigue there to where you're like, will Drake light himself on fire this week? You need right, both right. of them, and I'm so happy that we finally got this fucking album. Not yang. the yin and the yang. It's what yeah. it is. I don't know which one Kanye is, but whichever one the crazy one is, that's what Kanye is. But let's go into Donda real quick because it finally dropped. We got 27 fucking tracks, which I I will just <laughs> say over the top. No album should ever be 27 songs. No album should ever be 27 songs, especially not in today's day and age. You can't keep my attention for shit. I listen to all of them because I'm a lemming, but that is what it is. Um, allow me to just fucking rant for a minute because I have some notes here that I really want to say because there's one word to me that I really think overall encapsulates the second half of Kanye's career, and it's moments. He's not making complete albums anymore. He's giving you standout moments. Since the life of Pablo, that's not a fucking solid album. What that is is it's a number of moments compiled together. This record just felt like a bunch of standout moments, which one of the things that I have a gripe about is the fact Thank that you for I, saying that, by the way. That's what I'm saying. Like You have to compartmentalize Kanye's career into college dropout to Yeezus, which were fucking focused pieces yeah, yeah, yeah. of art that all had a, a purpose. And then after that, he went to this playlist format where he's like taking different artists. He's basically DJ Khaleding artist where he's the producer and he's bringing all these artists in and creating this fucking hodgepodge of whatever the fuck it is he feels like making at that moment. That is one of my gripes on the album because Kanye didn't have a lot of the standout moments. He had a few, but realistically, this was more a breeding ground for up-and-coming artists for him to show, like, look, I'm still in the mix. Like, to me, like, Don Tolliver's part on, on Moon is a standout. Uh, fucking Fivio Foreign coming in on that's, Off the Grid. That's the best verse on the it's album. It's the best verse on the album, absolutely, 150%. Yeah. But to me, the vibe of the fucking record was incredible. I am a mindless lemming. I loved it. Moon is a standout to me. Uh, fucking uh, Lord, I Need You is a standout to me. That's very old school Kanye. New Again could have been an amazing moment. It felt very graduation. It wasn't. Uh, I, I mean, I could go on and on, but I, I really do want, because I want to get into Dave and Dante, but I, or I'm sorry, I want to get into Kenny and Dante, but Dave, I'm more interested in your perspective here as the, as the consummate Kanye hater. Give me your impression. See, see you keep saying that. I'm not, like, I, you, you I said- I have proof. College, you say it on the podcast all the time. I, I hate Kanye West, the person. It's like, all right, for instance, I was talking about Tim Tebow today. We've talked about Tim Tebow on the show. I Another fully recognize the greatness- for me. That is Tim Tebow when he was at the University of Florida 
Kenny, as as you, I mean, Florida guy. Um, I just I just hate the fucking guy, even though. I'm kind of the asshole because by all accounts, he is a good person. I was going to say, I, I don't know him. why. Because <laughs> I, I just, I hate his guts. Is he too handsome? Is that the no, problem? No, I do hate people for being too handsome. He's too nice. But that's a lot of it. Yes. I want him to call me money? a fucking cocksucker or something. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. That's like, I fully recognize his greatness. At the same time, I hate the guy. Same thing with Kanye West. But like. I hate admitting this and I don't know how to put it into words now, but everything that you just said made me like the album more like, so, so as I was listening to it, I listened to it in two halves. I was driving out way far West suburbs, like 40 mile drive. I had an hour to listen to it. So I got through the first half of the album. And then on the way back to the city yesterday afternoon, um, my favorite part, this is like what I was going to say. My favorite part of the album was, so I, I had Kanye West up on Spotify on my Bluetooth in my car. It started playing my beautiful Dark Twist, Twisted Fantasy tracks. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Now we got some good music to listen to. There was <laughs> nothing about the album itself when I listened to it straight through or in halves rather. Um, there wasn't a single song where I was like, actually, the, I took a couple screenshots of the songs I did. Like, I forget their names already. But um I wasn't blown away. I didn't okay. think it was bad, but I I wasn't blown away. It was just like, ah. But everything that you just said about the listening party, the marketing, the theatrics behind it, it makes me appreciate it that much more. I think so, as, a Kanye, as a huge Kanye fan, the fact that it was good, at least serviceable, and I could listen to it, was a sigh of relief for me because I didn't <laughs> want it to be another Jesus is King situation where I was like, that's what oh, Colin yeah, texted us. Yeah. He, after yeah, he listened was, to it, he was like, I'm relieved. It wasn't yeah, like, like this oh, is weight off his shoulders. He was just happy that it, it wasn't a bomb. That's I'll say this again. If I never listened to it again, then I, I wouldn't care. I'm not there. I, I There's a lot of really great songs on this record. And I want to move past Dave because Dave, by the way, that was an honest reaction. And I appreciate that. Let's move to Dante. Dante, what was your impression? I I want to I want to hear Kenny's first because mm. <laughs> there we go. He looks like he's been stewing in his own thoughts. Yeah, now, Kenny. Because <laughs> I have a feeling I'm gonna like sing praises in some parts, and then Kenny's just gonna obliterate. <laughs> well, Kenny's them. A, Kenny's the producer of the group, so that's well, that's well, that's that's what I. Uh, all right, I'll go first because he'll. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be artificial. So. I was I was actually driving back to Chicago from Cleveland Sunday morning, um, and it was like perfect timing because I was like, "Oh, I got a five hour drive. I can like list bang this out like twice." Which you can listen to it twice. You gotta well, you gotta listen to an album more than once to yeah, like, that's give true it a, too. I'll, I'll give you, it a couple more shots. So like, you hear a song once and it's whatever. Like, you, I don't think you have you have a good first impression, but you can't make a like good critique on it unless you've heard it a couple of times yeah so ran through it the first time first song that jumped out at me was believe what i say i was like you know this is this is a banger like finally there's a song i can play in the club it's graduation uh, meet it's graduation meets the life of pablo yeah. it's fucking i mean yeah i mean the the baseline is straight off a of fade it's fade. it's exactly what it yeah. is that's why i said the life of pablo the sample is you know perfect like you know lauren hill do up and the the thing that I really like, like, I actually love about Kanye is he's he samples songs, but he does them in a way that is so far above other people's like 
he's just he's just on a whole nother level. Like a lazy producer, like Puff Daddy, like samples yeah. a song and just takes the hook or takes the exact beat and reworks it and puts yeah. it out. And it's everyone knows what the fuck the song is. It's nothing new. It's just it's a reworked version of the original. I don't and think anybody could have done that. Exactly. Anybody could have done, done, done the doo-wop sample. It's one of the greatest but, fucking pop. Right. Pop. But but Kanye takes that song and he samples the, you know, <laughs> like yep. in the beginning, like Lauren Hill, like humming almost and runs that through the whole song. And it's this layer that rather than being a vocal, it's more of an instrument. He uses vocals as instruments for his entire career. What's yes. his first huge hit? It was Jesus Walks. It's literally, the beat is just voices. He is the greatest manipulator of the, the human voice ever. So that, like, that's where I'm, I'm just like, man, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a half-ass of a half-ass producer. Mm. Kenny's a fucking producer. Like, yeah, Kenny's got diamond so credits. From my standpoint, like I, I listen to something like that and I'm just like, holy fuck, like this guy is just so fucking on it. And I know he had a million co-producers on this. I'm not saying it was all him, but he is, and he has been doing this his whole career. So he is just a fucking genius when it comes to that. And I'm listening to these other songs, like, you know, off the grid even. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking like from production standpoint, like looking at these tracks in Pro Tools, there's gotta be, there's gotta be 900 layers to Easy. these songs. Like, the layers have to just be pages and pages and pages. Did you guys see the? Did you guys see the photo of uh, the? I forget who it was, but there was a guy in the Mercedes Benz Stadium working on the record off a laptop down in the green in the locker room. How burned like, out he looked. Yeah, but, but like the, talking about how like the layers, how many layers, like it was changing. There's adding layers, moving. Like there's so many moving parts in these. Think about a records. song like Twenty Four that he sampled a choir. Yes. Do you understand? The time it would take to not only arrange a choir to sing these parts and then fucking sample it and balance it in the mix. Yeah, it's it, from a production standpoint, it's it's incredible. Um, I mean, you so you sent me the rip after the first listening party. You sent it to our whole group and I listened to it and I was like, oh, man, we got another gospel album. Like, yeah, it is what it is. But for some somehow, some way he's managed to take like clean lyrics and rapping about like God and faith. And he's made it cool. And he's gotten all these like, how works. about he's it's got Griselda on there. He's got fucking uh West side gun on there going. I was down for 15 and I beat it. He's literally talking about drug charges on a gospel track. It's fucking, yeah, it's crazy. Man. It's, it's so from all those points of view, I think it's incredible and I'm happy with it. So that's my take. Now I want to hear Kenny destroy that and tear it to shreds. Oh, it's time for Kenny. Let's go, baby. <laughs> uh, one real quick though, <laughs> real quick. I thought that was, see, like I always use this analogy that I have the like GD, like I was a high school dropout in music. Uh -huh. And these guys are all like, you know, what was it? The London school of economics. Yeah, We're, we're basically yeah. the Rolling Stones of music. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a masterful fucking breakdown of the of like i learned so much by everything you just said dante and it gave me a completely new perspective on not just this album but kanye west as a whole 
Bro, we're not even done yet. I was going to say, this is amazing. I know. That's the best part. You're learning, Dave. This is fucking incredible. Oh, my God. This is the London School of Music, the Philly School of Music. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact you gave it to Philly, even though half the podcast is <laughs> Chicago. You're in L.A. Yeah. I just happen to overpower it with the Philliness. So, all right, Kenny, spit your opinion. Here's the crazy thing. Y'all hype this up so much. I don't Y'all. honestly have that much to say, and I'll tell you why. Ooh. I've only gone through all 27 fucking songs one time. I love them all. They're all great. Has anything stood out to me? Not necessarily yet. Every Kanye record I've ever listened to took me sometimes up to 10 listens before I was like, this is fucking amazing, which is part of the reason I love Kanye because to me, it's like he's creating something so deep so often that I don't understand it at first. And it takes me a lot of listens to get into it. Now that said, here's where the producer part comes in. This to me is one of the best mixed records mm. that I've ever heard in my life. As a producer, it's I'm blown away at the mixing of this record. How sonically mm. fucking beautiful this record is. Like you can hear everything. Everything's mixed right. Everything's just fucking perfect and tasteful and like how the lows contrast to the highs and like just listening to my car. Shout out Moitine, dude. Moitine's dude, I, fucking genius. it's like it's 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 fucking unbelievable the the level that this was recorded at and how long it went to like being changed three, four, four days ago. However that goes, you know, and that's the big thing that where me and Kenny were talking about this through text. That is something I've always wanted to do is make an album that you show the public as it's getting made. No other artist has ever done this to where they show you the bastardized early versions. And then they yeah. show you the additions and then they show you the final product. And that to me is the startling aspect of this entire thing is that you got to watch what you're watching now. It's so much more about the fucking making of the album and the release of the album and the release of the album, the actual fucking record. You got to watch the birth of. And and here's the crazy thing of all 27 songs. Like I said, I only listened to it once. My favorite song is song number two, jail with Jay with Hova. There's not even a beat until the last fucking 10 seconds. It's the same guitar loop over and over again, but there's something how it hits me. Like song two is supposed to be the big one, but instead song one is the chant. Song two is the small one. And after going through the whole thing, I'm like, there's something about that fucking song jail that really got me good. And maybe it's Hova that got I me. Mean, I mean, you, you come in. First off, yeah. the, the, the features are star studded. Everybody's yeah. on this fucking record. And this has been a Kanye thing since... I'd say late registration where he wants to show you that he's up on everything. He had Paul Wall and fucking GLC on that shit to show you that he was with the Houston stuff at the time that was coming out. Now he's got the the Fabio Forens and he's got the 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 fucking Vories and the and the the Playboy Cardis of the world on the record. He wants to show you that he's up on things, but he also has the Locks and he has Jay Electronica and he has Jay Z. So you're watching Kanye just merge generations. No one else can do that. No one else is taking the time to do that. But this I will say, I think we end the conversation. I just want to real quick run through some of the songs that I thought were really, really fucking standouts from this record because there's a lot. And Jail was not one of them. I have to be completely honest. Jail, I skipped Jail because I've heard Jail so many times in the listening parties. I spoiled it for myself. But <laughs> Hurricane, watching that grow from the Yandi leaks until now has been fucking incredible. Shouts out The weekend. Shouts out Lil Baby. Incredible work. Um, Everyone loves that song. Can I ask you a question about that? Absolutely. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to go off the rails here and no, get yeah, into a, a huge conspiracy theory. But I just I can't buy this whole Kanye versus Drake thing. I feel like it's so orchestrated. Oh, absolutely. 
after. Why is the weekend on Kanye's album? So if, the, if it, there's this blood feud right. between Kanye it was a and weird Larry. thing, it's like a Jake Paul thing. So what happened was I, I yes. totally agree that these two are in cahoots. They, they're trying to push their album. So the, it, it, Kanye's been doing this since 2007 with graduation. He did it with fucking 50 Cent when Curtis came right. out. They've been doing this forever. It's fucking, it's, it's hey, the mama. fight game. It's show. It's, it's all this shit. Kanye and Drake don't give a fuck about each other. They really don't. It's, it's all show. Um, the weekend in an interview said the one artist he wants to work with again is Kanye. Um, other than that, I love Junior. I love the ignorant fucking just the 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 organ with Playboy Cardi in there. I think it got sick. Believe what I say, obviously, is an is the smash of the record. 24 brings tears to my eyes with fucking I I'm cool with God. I'm a God guy. I got my Jesus piece hanging out. Whatever. That moved me. That was cool. That was fucking dope. Uh Moon is to me the most beautiful song on the album with with Don Tolliver with an absolute show out feature that he basically got sampled for. Uh, and Cuddy coming and doing Cuddy's thing. Keep it makes you like want to call your mom. It makes me want to call my mom. It makes it makes me want to think about life. It makes me want to think about every decision I've ever made. Hey, mama, uh, Jesus Lord. Obviously, you got to take both parts in it. But like you have, that's the older generation. That's the J Electronicas. That's the Locks. You know what I mean? And then the Larry Hoover Jr. thing at the end. Pure Souls. Roddy Rich is an absolute fucking superstar. Yeah. That's what I got marked down as my favorite song from the albums. Pure Souls. And Pure Souls. To be Roddy Rich. Completely blunt. I don't remember it. I just remember saying this song is fucking good. Uh, Roddy's and a superstar. He's, he's the a next. Fucking- the next one for me is the one that it took me like three or four times too and then it like it hit me and that was like the goosebumps song now do me. you see me getting hype right now i just fucking flared my shirt out the next one's yeah come, to, come life. to life he's sitting over my shoulder it's an amalgamation of my two favorite artists of all time this is influenced by springsteen that is jungle lands bridge a hundred percent. The piano the, part is yeah. Jungle Land's bridge. He literally took me to a different dimension with Come to Life. That should have been the album closer. That was a perfect closer. That was the musical moment you were waiting for the entire time that transcends generations and genre. Come to Life is like really like an all-time Kanye moment. There's a million moments on this album, and I think we've said enough, but God damn. Thank you, Kanye West. It was good. It's too long. There's filler. <laughs> Fuck Marilyn Manson. That's all I have to say. I think we covered it pretty much, boys. Yo, dude, you guys turned me into a fan of it, and I'm actually excited to listen to it. I was gonna listen to it a handful of times because some, a lot of times, actually, it does take me to uh, multiple listens to really enjoy an artist or a band, and I'm like excited to listen to it again. The first time, if if you if you took away all the show with the watch parties and you know lighting myself on fire and Marilyn Manson, blah blah blah. I would have never cared to listen to it again, but after this entire rant you called it, I'm a fan. Like I'm, I'm pumped to listen to it again. Kanye to the. That's all I got to say. That's a good synopsis I, of the entire. I've thing. never said this out loud. Like everything you just said, because I'm, I'm. Why is he a genius? He makes fucking music, dude. That's <laughs> kind of genius. It's so much deeper. Did. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so, so much, much deep. Why did you tell me this before? I've been trying to. I don't have time. There's not always a Kanye album dropping for me to fucking. Here's the other thing, too. You were saying earlier that like no album should be two out. No album should be two hours. No one makes 27 song albums. No one does that anymore. You gotta remember the double album used to be the greatest like excitement. Yeah. Yeah. But when an artist or a group dropped a double album, it was like 
you, you thought you were getting like a deal. You thought you were getting value. Also, I'll say this. Kanye missed. He's past his time because if CDs were still a thing, I mean, this would obviously oh, be, yeah. this would be a double CD, but was there ever anybody better suited for the hidden track than Kanye West? He Dude. would have hidden tracks all over this fucking CD. Second album, late, is the yeah. hidden track, and it's my favorite song you're off right. that fucking record. So you're but, correct. So like when Jail was running, and like again, first time listening through, and then there's a, that long outro, and it like switches key, and it just goes. Yeah, the beat comes yeah, in. You, yeah, you said that. Like you thought he was going into another song, and that was just like. I had to pull up the song. I like put my tapped my phone to come in to see is this the start of the new song? I thought the same exact thing. And I was like, yo, this is how the song ends. But this this is where I will end it though. I will end it on this. (laughs) This would have been in past generations, like the quadrophenia. Like if you're thinking of the who or you're thinking about like the big operatic thing to where it's like this. Rock and roll doesn't do this anymore. Kanye is the biggest Kanye is the biggest rock star on earth and he just pulled his quadrophenia off so that's where I'll leave it that's where I will fucking leave that so let's go into on the list off the list we'll roll through this I'll start it out uh we'll go Dante Dave and then Kenny uh my on the list is Justin Bieber look I'm bastard I'm not is that that you're on the list yeah let's go all right so what I was gonna say was Justin Bieber is the all-time now holder of monthly listeners on Spotify as of this month, he has 83.3 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Oh my God. That is fucking asinine. Asinine. Who's it's on the top five? I bet you could pick him out real easy. Ariana oh, Grande, sure. uh, Taylor Swift, Sheeran, Taylor Malone. Swift, The Weeknd. Yeah, yeah The Weeknd. It was but posty will, for a minute. This is my point, though. I'm not a Justin Bieber guy. I don't give a fuck about Justin Bieber, whatever. I actually kind of like him. I don't hate him. This is my point. For someone to get the spotlight at 15, coming as a poor kid from Canada, and to... Look, the kid had ups and downs. He had bumps. You give that kid that much money and that much fame at that much of an age, you're going to expect him to fuck up at times. He's kept his head about him in recent years, and he's putting out decent music. Shout out to Justin Bieber. I got no fucking problems. Dante, do you have anything to add to that? I, I mean, he has been on a fucking tear. I literally just tweeted this before we sat down. Um, The new Essence remix, the WizKid song yep. that dropped. Oh, so good. Banger. Uh, The song with Skrillex that came out two weeks ago. Banger. Uh. The Kid Leroy shit, who I cannot fucking stand him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I that hate him. That song I hate him. is a bang. Yeah, I it's can't like lie. I mean, Bieber is been... Charlie Puth. Oh, really? Yeah, he produced that. Wow. I mean, talk about talent. That fucking yeah. guy. That but fucking man, guy. B. I mean, Bieber is just on such a tear right now with like great, great songs and features. So yeah, that was uh, that was who I was riding with. All right, so me and Dante are on the same page on Dave's list. Justin Bieber. Nah, who's on your list, Dave? <laughs> I, I like Bieber. Like, I liked Bieber when it was popular to not like Bieber. I guess that says a lot about me, but... um, I'm a believer. The uh, I have uh, college football on my guest list. Fuck yeah, dude. I finally hit got hit with, like, I'm excited for football season. I'm, I love the NFL. I love football as a whole, but I love college football. Go my Saturdays... Start at 7 a.m. You get completely shit-faced uh-huh. by 11 a.m. By 3 p.m. when the game's over, you're like clinging onto a thread. You catch it at second win. College football. 
And then I'm every, with you, baby. I'm from Florida. I'm, we we love college football. Oh, I'm yeah, from Philly. SEC I don't country. give a fuck about college football. I yeah, exactly. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm a diehard and I'm a pro when, sports guy. When you're born answer. in Florida, on your birth certificate, it either says Gators or Seminoles, one or the other. And then for life, that's just where you go and we never yeah. change. That's just yep. how it goes. What do you predict Northwestern this year, Dave? Uh, nine wins. All right. Not bad. That's, I mean, that's, they're like, they're consistently eight to 10 wins every single Safe pick. Safe pick. Absolutely safe pick. No, Dave, you know what's funny though? I was going to have, I was going to have football in general be on my list because it's very odd in Philadelphia right now. Usually at this point, we're ready to rip people's heads off because we're so excited for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Last year was such a dirty, disgusting breakup of the entire organization. And I'm the biggest Eagles fan on God's green earth. Yeah, I I hear you. I bleed green. I just got the bug. Dude, I, the that that's just it. Like when when Tressman was just when that organization, when the Bears, I'm saying with Tressman, like they were so painful to watch, and their everything behind the scenes was so painful that like I lost my love. Like, yep. I, I would lose sleep after a Bears loss, even though they always fucking lose. That killed it for me, and it would it would take me to like game one of the season, week one, to really give a shit about them, but. College football, I've never lost that love. It's always like I can't fucking wait, but the White Sox have been good this year. So it took until late August for me to get that bug, but I'm I'm fucking ready now. Dude, college ball, those kids got something to prove. Goddamn right, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, shouts out college ball and fucking Barstool. Shouts out Coach Prime. They did an amazing job with that documentary series. If you watch Fuck the- yeah, they did. Holy shit. Narrated by It stupid- took me every ounce of willpower not to um not to break who was the who was the narrator and oh, not break but like tell anybody yeah i knew like a week ago and that's just like that's as a list as you can get they did a great job dude i i would run through a brick wall for prime so shout out prime dude. oh yeah dude uh, I, I i never Florida thought boy. guys like that would be like a good coach at all but i would fucking love to men, play dude. for him oh He's yeah dude. oh yeah oh my god kenny who's on your list Man, I took it back to Donda. It's not Donda, but it's... Uh, yeah, I know you said Mike Dean earlier, but the, the whole thing was like executively mi- uh, mixed by Maurizio Serra. He's this oh. Italian mixer who's yeah. done like Jay-Z records, Talib Kweli, like 88 Fingers, like a some bunch of really good stuff. And like no mixing engineer gets any fucking love. You got Jack Joseph Puig and some of these other people and, and Tom Lord Algae, but Chris Lord Algae, but uh, Chris Lord yes. Algae, shout out Led Zeppelin. Yeah, you know what I mean? But but the point is, mixers never get any love. And like I said earlier, this record, this Donda record, the mix is blowing my mind to smithereens. So I had to look it up who did it. It's Maurizio Serra. So shout out to you, my bro. Kenny, did you, Kenny, did you listen in the car yet? Yes, that's where, that's where I, that's where I listen. I'd say, I, like, you're a producer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fucking, where. You get that's where it matters. Full, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, the moment, the moment in heaven and hell when the choir drops in after Kanye, it just goes acapella and the choir drops in behind him. Yeah, my mean, volume dude. in the car is on 90%. I own a recording studio with mains. I don't even go there to listen to records. It's in my car. That's, that's all that matters. Shouts yeah. out, dude. That's a good pick, Kenny. Uh, I'm going to go off the wall for my off the list. Uh, I went Tesla. Likes the robot. Because the robot. How the <laughs> fuck are we not taking this more seriously? I love that hey, Elon Musk is like Tesla just rolled out the dirt, bring out a humanoid robot. Why? Well, Tesla bot. And the funny thing is, Elon goes, 
you can probably overpower it. There's nothing to be worried probably. about. You're like, probably, son. Have you not watched enough sci-fi movies to know that we should stop fucking with robots? Dude, not to mention with, the fact, I, I watched the keynote, right? And he goes, you know, basically, Tesla cars are, are semi-sentient beings to begin with. Semi-sentient? Yeah, yeah, Are you yeah. fucking kidding Dude, me? Dude, and he's the like, one that's, like, always warned yes! about yeah, yeah, AI yeah, yeah, in the yeah, yeah. future, too. Dude, all the we memes, don't need robots. All the memes about Tesla bot mixed with Will Smith and iRobot are so good. They're gold. And it looks like a person. It looks like a fucking yeah, person. Yeah, it looks like a person. It, it looks like a person. I'm fucking out on robots, dude. I hate robots. I don't want to. Every time I see Boston Dynamics put one of their things where a robot does a backflip and then fucking runs through uh, hoops or whatever. Fuck that shit. I hate yeah, robots. Yeah, I want one. I'll get one. I'm sure you will, dude. You'll be yeah, the yeah. first one to die. What's I'll the be worst my, that can happen? I'll be in my house with my human beings and it will be fine. You'll be getting ripped to shreds by the Tesla bot. So fuck I'll Tesla. be smoking fuck joints you. while it does my fucking dishes, bitch. <laughs> uh, Dante, who's off your list? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think everybody's off the list should be fucking Tesla, Tesla after that. That's bad. That scares me. I can't believe I haven't heard that. Good for you. Buddy. I mean, li live in big, li li live ambivalent. Don't worry about it. Tesla bot will Figurance be pitching soon. <laughs> I'll keep it in the robot family. Uh, I'll keep it with uh, Jake Paul's robot. Oh who my he was, God. He was strutting around Cleveland all yeah. weekend. The what video the of that guy that? with half his costume off was so funny. Dude, oh, you saw it? No, there was a video. I mean, maybe it was a fake one, but it was a video of a guy in the locker room yes. who had like the head, right? The thing. And All right, good. Like, I'm glad you saw it. Because so Big Cat was like doing the show and he had a, he took a picture of the guy and they were like, don't you dare post that. Like the guy was, he took the top half off yeah. and was just pouring sweat. He looked, on the like, internet. he looked like some guy they picked up off the street and were like, yeah, hey, here's yeah, 20 bucks. Yeah. Getting this, getting this outfit. Yeah. Dude, it was so tall, though. It's like nine feet tall. Yeah, dude, that thing bro. probably sucks to wear. He's on bro. stilts. It has like a voice changer. Bro, I watched, I worked for the Phillies in college, and I saw the Philly fanatic with that his outfit on. I just saw him in the pants of the Philly fanatic, and he, he had bleach blonde hair and was smoking a cigarette, and I was like, well, I'll never look at the fanatic the dude, same when way. When I was in, I want to say it was my junior or senior year. I think I could drive, um... This is like total tangent, but Benny the Bull, the Bulls mascot, he uh, he had his mugshot circulating the newspapers because that's what you read back then. Because uh, he got a DUI and it was just like this like <laughs> scrawny fucking white guy that got popped for a DUI. Never drink and drive, but it was like who was an amazing, funny. an amazing gymnast though. Yeah. Oh yeah. That guy Wait, was by the like. Way, shouts out to Dante for hanging out with fucking the Paul brothers this weekend and, and fucking having yeah, people at his club and shit. And I don't, I don't know. For you, buddy. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's worthy of a shout out, but uh, <laughs> it was good for business. It was really good. Yeah. That's business. all that matters at the end of the yeah. day, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Dave, who's off your list? Uh, so this is like kind of contradicting myself, but people that say they're excited for fall. Like, I don't want to hear you bitching about <laughs> me too. <laughs> fucking cold weather and, and like, oh, I can't wait to feel the crisp like air in my nose and my nostrils. Like, fuck off, dude. Oh, my God. It's pumpkin spice. All that matters. <laughs> Is that Ryan. falls a little bit closer to winter? Yeah, that's who I'm specifically Chief. calling out. Yeah, it's so <laughs> annoying. It's so do guys, annoying. Do you guys hear that? It's the sound of white women getting ready for fall. It's gonna be a <laughs> shit show. Yeah, apple picking and fucking. My wife bought a fucking blue pumpkin and put it in our living room this week. Did you yell at white women? No, white women are just about to be on the loose, dude. This is their time of year. This is when they it, they it is. I can hear cicadas at my wall. That's like falls <laughs> when like the cicada season for women. Yeah, fall is like yes. the sea salt of seasons. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Agreed, 100%. Dave, that's a good pick. I like that one. Kenny, who's off your list? 
I'm going to take mine back to kind of what Dante said, well, part of it. Off my list is my fucking obsession with pay-per-view fights. Every fucking time I every go to buy time. one, every single time I'm like, don't do it. It's going <laughs> to suck. It's going to go to decision. It's going to be fucking lame. And every single time I buy it. Every it, single no, fucking time. That, and last night was no exception. And I fucking watched the whole goddamn thing. And you I'm know so how I justify making those purchases? Is yeah. that Comcast for me is on auto debit. So I don't even see the bill or anything. Uh, I'm right. never going to see that $60 purchase. So I don't give a yeah, fuck it. Yeah. That yeah. shit was that shit was rigged. I'm not going. Bro, it's all rigged. I don't 100%. know, man. I thought I thought we were gonna see some like fireworks when he went into the ropes. I called Same. my Same. fiance. Yeah, I was he- like, "Come in." The, she was in the other room. I was like, "Come, it's getting good. It's getting good." And yeah. then it just fucking. And then it fucking and I completely saw. Here's the thing, it was dude. Like, the other part of that fight, it was the very was better, first yeah. fight. That, it yeah. was incredible. Uh, Montana Fury. Love. Oh, Montana Love. Yeah, everyone's yeah, calling yeah. him the porn star name. That was <laughs> that an awesome fucking fight. Uh, and then that, either, that fucking uh, the Italian dude Giuseppe was the worst fighter I've ever seen. Dude, and whether whether anybody thinks the the Paul fight's rigged or not, it's like to call somebody out and say you're gonna knock him out by the third round and then win by split decision. Split decision? You barely fucking won. Shut up. Barely scraped by, but fucking you barely. You you cannot deny on a financial no. level. They're oh, geniuses. Oh, of course not. I never would in a million years. And I'm not even gonna deny that he's not a great athlete and can fucking box. But clearly. He hasn't gone eight rounds. Should be 12 anyway. Gets really yeah. sloppy around four or five. He's yep. got some work to do. But yeah, he's athletic. Still, shut the fuck up. Nothing made me happier than when I saw all the memes of being like Jake Paul kept saying, like, I'm doing it for my city. And they showed his his house. That he oh, grew up dude, in. they hate him in Cleveland. Yeah. Did you see what Nate Diaz wrote? Yeah, dude, Nate Diaz is... Oh, he's calling... Nate Jake. Diaz would whip his... Nate Diaz is like, baseball. these dudes both suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yes, God. Yes, sir. So that's on the list, off the list. I agree with that one, Kenny. Fuck yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we before we go to our big announcement, let's go through what the fuck we've been listening to. I'll start it off. Uh, I went with Rustin Kelly. If you guys aren't familiar with Rustin Kelly, he's an Americana artist. He was married to Casey Musgraves. Uh, Rustin Kelly burst onto the scene a couple of years ago uh, with an album called Mockingbird. Or no, it was uh, Dying Star was the name of the album. Mockingbird was a big hit off of it. Uh, Rustin Kelly is like if you took Ryan Adams and you took the shit bag out of him, but you also <laughs> gave him like an, you gave him like an emo side to him. I'm a huge Americana guy, and Rustin Kelly is the fucking truth. I picked this song. Uh, what song did I pick? I picked Radio Cloud, which is the lead single off the second album. I love Rustin Kelly. I found Rustin Kelly through World Cafe, which is a syndicated program through NPR, and. Uh, this dude had like serious drug problems. It was like a big songwriter in Nashville and just went to a hole and did Americana and just came out of it. Absolutely fucking outstanding artist. If you don't know Russ and Kelly, go check that out. So that's what the fuck I've been listening to. Dante, what the fuck have you been listening to? Uh, after our like hour long Kanye discussion, uh, I've been listening to this uh, Drake feature that he's on Ooh. with uh, Brent Fias. Oh, it's so good. Time. So, so good. Th- this is like why I, I have a really bad feeling about this certified lover boy album. I think it's, I think we're in for like maybe Drake's best work ever. Uh, and I think it's really bad news for Kanye and Kanye fans. I, do too. Um, I mean, we're four days, five days away from it, but the fact that he's on this track with this Brent Fias guy who nobody's ever fucking heard of, and he spits one of the like best verses I've ever heard in his career. I mean, he's just giving verses like this as features to no name artists. I mean, that's 
The only thing Brent Fires has ever done of note is the Gold Link track where he does, I got the yes. money all around. Okay, me. you're right. That's but, always, but that's always ever done. So I, I'm just I'm just saying, like, if he's giving verses like that, like, just imagine what his album's going to be like this weekend. I'm, I'm a Drake. I'm a Drake fan. 150. percent I'm not going to lie. But the Drake shine has worn off for me to where, like, maybe I'm oversaturated. I don't know. I'm I'm up for Certified Lover Boy. Did you see the fucking cover art, by the way? Yeah, it. It's I don't, weird. I mean, yeah, I, I'm. I, everyone just tries to one up each other with with covers now. Hundred percent. And then Kanye just puts out a black, like slate. Well, he updated it. He updated it. Did he? Yeah, it's like a silhouette of a. I don't know what you call the postmodernism or something. Did of a you woman. guys see the Kim Kardashian posts that everybody's oh, it talking was about? On mute. <laughs> and the, the shit was on mute. She posted every single song in her stories or whatever. And you could see the volume fader was all on mute for all of Shut these. up. Stupid Jesus idiot. <laughs> what a fucking moron. All right, Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to? So I had never heard of this guy before. I don't know if you guys have. Uh, Alan Stone. Oh, yeah. We talked about him in the Teddy Swims interview. It was the whole conversation. It's Teddy's what? boy. Teddy's, Teddy's boy. Teddy's boy. So that's that's how I stumbled upon this guy is that I was listening to Teddy Swims and, you know, the algorithm, similar artists you might like or whatever on Spotify. Yeah. Stumbled on him. And I'm like, who in the fuck is this guy? Absolutely fantastic. I love him. Don't know anything about him. Been around but for a I'm while. He's great. He's Alan, great. Alan Stone is much like Teddy Swims, that the yeah. face and the voice do not match whatsoever. No. Alan, Alan Stone's absolutely one of those not. Guys just that a up. lot of people have never heard of, but everybody knows him. Knows, do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, and everybody yeah, yeah, respects yeah. him. He's like yeah. one of those guys. All right, well, Dave, fucking that was out of left field. Goddamn, great pick, Dave. Yeah, Let's shit. go. Uh, Kenny, what the fuck have you been listening to? Well, I got a crazy one this week that I want each and every one of you to actually go and listen to. There's a band called Sleaford Mods. They're a two-piece out of Deep UK. Did you spell that? Yes. Uh, S-L-E-A-F-O-R-D, second word, mods, M-O-D-S. They're some of the dopest shit I've ever heard. It's like gutter punk British style, except it's like a drum machine and a bass loop all played out of a laptop. The guy who does that just stands with his hands in his pockets the whole time. And then the singer, he's just like, fucking tarantula in my teeth. And like the way they, it's just so gutter fucking UK shit. It's awesome. Kenny, I can literally hear a pitchfork employee ejaculating right now. Dude, Everything I'm you just said you. sounds like a pitchfork. Like, <laughs> they played, like that's they a pitchfork played dream Coachella band. 2019 or something like that in the desert tent. They were just starting to make their way up. But like, they are an mm -hmm. undiscovered fucking gem. Each and every one of you, check out Sleaford Mods. They're fucking great. Will do, dude. That So I'll uh, update the playlist again. Great picks, everybody. Dave pulling Alan Stone out of nowhere, my fucking man. I mean, it, wasn't, it makes sense now that, that Teddy Swims is talking about him because, like, you know, the big brother, 1984, George yeah. Orwell. I was going to say, your phone's listening to you. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, well, before we get out of here, because th those are our, our segments for this week, we're, we're going to have a separate episode this week where we're going to be going through our green room picks. I just want to real quick do our big announcement before we get out of here, right? So we've been doing all this, right? And we've been looking for kind of like a, a new reach for audience, and we've been doing a lot of different things, and we have a lot of friends at this company, and uh, we're entering the radio game as well. So we are going to be doing every Monday night at 7 p.m. a syndicated radio show with Adobe Radio on the guest list. will be on the radio as well. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Let's fucking go. Yeah. 
Shout out Adobe Radio. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest alternative radio online will be uh, now streaming a streamlined version of our podcast. Basically, it'll be a micro version. It'll mainly be the interview, but you will still be able to listen to the entire episode on Spotify the exact same time on Tuesdays. You will get the full effect. We now also are are bringing a second episode per week where we're going to be having our green room picks on Thursdays. So we'll have two episodes, a fucking radio show. You're going to get more on the guest list than you know what to do with. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all fucking happening. In in, in the immortal words of Almost Famous, it's all happening, ladies and gentlemen. Let's fucking go! (laughs) Yo, dude, I, 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 I want this on the record and on the show. I think that's the best show we've ever done. I'm not kidding. I, fully agree, I haven't 100%. even listened to other than a few social clips from Teddy Swims. So awesome, Hell awesome yeah. job today. I mean, yeah. I gotta I gotta say, the three of us have been together for a while, but just the fucking Dante, dude. Dante, Dante in the building. Let's go. Dante Hell knows yeah. his shit, man. Dante does guys, know his shit. And this guys, motherfucker- wait, we are creating something very fucking cool. It's becoming very real. Cool. Like this is the kind of it's it's starting to become real, which is tight. It's very tight, it's tangible. It is interesting, too, because of this entire thing. Dave was the first one to take a chance on little old Colin. And then, of course, me and Kenny know each other from writing one fucking time. Kenny had no reason to do this, but Kenny saw the potential. And now we have Dante. So welcome to the family, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll see you next week on the motherfucking radio as well. We got another episode coming on Thursday. Thank you to Teddy Swims. The fucking goat, a future goat, of course, one of the biggest new names in music. Gentlemen, anything else you got today? Fuck no. That was big. That was a big Fuck day. You, I gotta take Kenny. a nap now. Fuck you. Fuck you. I need to Fuck smoke. You. Yeah, I was just gonna say, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna go in to simple things by Teddy Swims. I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. Let's continue to grow this shit. Shouts to Adobe Radio. Shouts to Barstool Sports. Shouts to Kenny Carkey. Shouts to Colin Budney. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Simple Things by Teddy Swims. Small town living is so when got big dreams Feels like you can only think as far as you can see 18 tatted up trying to sell weed Knowing I'd take the fall for the whole team Wasn't trying to hear it every time that you told me It's the sound of the rain Coming down when you fall asleep It's a call from a friend That you love but never get to see All the time you could wait Trying to chase what you never need Hope you could back around the simple things How's it been four or five years since I got down on my knees And how could I forget the sweet smell of the honeysuckles in the breeze Would have never thought trying to chase this dream me nightmares, now I get no sleep Nowadays seems like the only thing that calms me Is the sound of the rain Coming down when you fall asleep It's a call from a friend That you love but never get to see All the time you can waste Trying to chase what you'll never need Always gone 